Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. So that gift of encouragement costs nothing but a little bit of intentionality as well as some self-control to hold back on words that are not helpful and to give out words that build others up. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friends. Well, this will be the last podcast of 2020, and it's hard to believe what 2020 has brought to our lives. I mean, when I think of the start of 2020, I was not thinking that I would be doing a podcast this year. It had kind of been on the long-term goal, but I wasn't sure that I could pull it off in 2020. Of course, at the beginning of 2020, we didn't know there was going to be a pandemic either. (laughs) So a lot changed. And when I had 14 speaking engagements that canceled, In March, April, and May, needless to say, plus ones in the fall, I realized I actually could go ahead and get the podcast launched. So if this is your first episode to listen to, welcome. So glad you're here. Go back and catch some of the earlier ones because we've had some fantastic guests. And I've been able to share some things that have been on my heart. And Mark and I have shared some as well. And if you've been listening all along, thank you so much for helping to make this podcast launch a success. It's amazing. We are just under 20,000 downloads in just six months, and we have people listening literally all over the world. I'm amazed. Just a call out to those of you listening certainly in the States, but I know we've got some in Australia, we've got some in Europe, Asia, Africa. I mean, I'm just amazed at where this is able to go. So thank you for helping to make the launch of the No More Perfect podcast a success. If you've never left a a review, please do. If you've never shared the podcast with someone, please do. Because I know that the topics that we talk about are topics that are really hitting people where they need 
encouragement. And so please always think about who could I share this with? Because it's an easy way. It's an accessible way that we can bring encouragement to one another. So this particular topic, I am recording a few days before Christmas, but I don't know when you'll be listening to it. But I want you to know, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Christmas. (laughs) I'm going to be really honest with you. All right. So the love part, I love celebrating the birth of Jesus. I love the Christmas story. I love how God sent his son to earth. I absolutely love that part of Christmas. But it's the gift giving and receiving part of Christmas that I don't enjoy nearly as much as the rest. Now, you see, I am not a gift giver. And when I do the love languages quiz, gift giving and receiving is like number five out of five on my list. My husband says it's not even on my list. (laughs) And that's honestly true. It's not even really on my list. I'm one of those people who could go to a birthday party and I could be like, you know, pull in the driveway. I'm I'm walking up to the door and all of a sudden I go, oh my gosh, I didn't even bring a present. And I know this is going to sound funny, but that's because I am the present. (laughs) I'm coming to your birthday party because I'm going to spend quality time with you, which tends to be my love language. And so, you know, if you come to my birthday party, don't bother bringing a present. I just want you to bring yourself because that quality time is so very important to me. So so it's it's not a surprise then that you get to Christmas and that whole gift giving thing is just it's overwhelming to me. I'm not good at thinking of gifts. I'm not good at you know people will say what do you want for Christmas? I don't want anything. I really don't have a desire for physical presents. But I know that it is a part of it. And I know that it's an important part of it. And so, of course, we do gifts and it is a part of our family's holiday gatherings. But I really have to work hard at it. But what I want to talk to you today about, and it doesn't matter if you're listening to this before Christmas or after Christmas, I want to talk to you about some gifts that we need to be giving to each other all the time. Some gifts that don't have to be wrapped in red and green under the Christmas tree. They don't even have to be purchased. These are some unique gifts, gifts from the heart that you and I need to be giving year round. And Christmas is a great place to start. The new year is a great place to start. Honestly, any day that you choose to give any of these gifts is a great place to start because these are gifts from the heart. So I hope that you'll just ponder some of the things that I want to share with you today and then ask yourself, who needs that gift from me? Ask yourself, which of those gifts do I need to give today? Begin to pay attention to the little things, the relational dynamics between you and others, and where you can utilize these gifts 
to deepen the connection that you have with those that are most important to you. So what is a gift that you and I can give year round? The first one that I want to share with you is the gift of listening. The gift of listening. Guys, we don't always listen real well to each other. We tend to pseudo listen. We tend to listen to respond, but not listen to really hear, not listen to understand. And so it's really important for us to intentionally listen. And one of the things I've actually been doing is I've been working hard. And I know this is going to sound funny, but when I am tuned into someone and I'm listening to what they say, I actually become aware of my lips being closed. Like I I become aware of the feeling of my lips being closed because I am purposefully keeping my mouth closed to tune in to them. And that has been so helpful for me. Something I started doing a long time ago is I started applying stop, look, and listen to anytime I kind of got interrupted or somebody walks in the room and they want to talk to me, whatever I'm doing, I stop what I'm doing. I turn and give them full body language. So my eyes are looking at them, but my body is turned towards them. And then I'm listening with my eyes and I'm listening with my ears. So listening is huge. Mark and I have been teaching a class on, we're calling it the Connect course, and it's one that we'll eventually be offering to the general public, but we're kind of teaching a small beta class of it right now. And one of the things we were talking about the other day is we were talking about listening, and I did a search in in God's word for scriptures on listening. And I was amazed at how many scriptures there are about listening. I knew there were a lot of scriptures about like our words, but I had never dug in and taken a look at the scriptures that were specific to listening. So I actually created a one page document that just has all these scriptures for listening. I will put it in the show notes because it has just really affected my motivation to become a better listener. So this Christmas, this next year, I want to challenge you to give the gift of listening. The second gift that we need to be giving to one another is the gift of forgiveness. And, you know, forgiveness is, it's one of the God tools that we talk about in No More Perfect Marriages, the course and the book. And it's, what we call the most underused God tool, because forgiveness is not, we think of forgiveness as being something between us and another person, but the truth is, it's between us and God. It's keeping our heart cleaned up and available to God. And it's also keeping our heart cleaned up and available to those that we love. It's not holding grudges. It, it wipes out bitterness. And so forgiveness is a beautiful gift. And it's one of those that, honestly, we need to be probably using it 10, 20, 30 times a day because we're always bumping into the imperfect of others. And we need a way to handle that and 
blaming or getting angry or accusing are not healthy ways of handling that, but forgiveness is a healthy way. Even if you need to talk to the other person about what happened, if you will first forgive and then talk to them, what a difference it can make in the way that conversation will go. So we need to give the gift of listening. We need to give the gift of forgiveness. Third one is we need to give the gift of grace. And the gift of grace is, you know, really where we need to give grace is for those harmful human habits that we bump into all the time with the people that we do life with. You know, we just need a way. Really, grace is like a quick act of forgiveness, but it's choosing to simply allow some things to happen and not to have to address every little imperfect thing that happens. So we give people the grace space to be human. It's a beautiful gift we can give, especially to those that live under the same roof that we do, so that we're not nitpicking each other apart so that our hearts are not getting hard toward one another. You know, Mark and I, sometimes when we're teaching about grace and forgiveness in marriage, we'll say, well, people will say, how do I know when to give grace when I need to give that gift of grace? And when do I give that gift of forgiveness? And here's what we've come to understand. When something has hurt you, you need to forgive. When something irritates you, you need to give grace. So that's often will help you to figure out which gift you need to give that will make a difference in the relationships that mean the most to you. So we need to give the gift of listening, the gift of forgiveness, and the gift of grace. Here's another gift that we really need to be intentional about giving, whether it's at the holiday season or just year round, and that's the gift of time. The gift of time. Sometimes the most powerful gift we can give to one another is just our time to help someone with a project, our time to listen well. I mean, isn't that part of the problem that we have with listening sometimes is we really don't take the time to listen to someone's heart. But what a beautiful gift that is. I remember when my, in fact, the holiday season is always a reminder for me because it's when I had my breast cancer surgery and my lumpectomy was on the right side and I am right-handed. And so when they do breast cancer surgery, they often take lymph nodes and it's the lymph nodes that kind of render that arm useless. And that certainly happened for me. And I remember when my friend Lisa called me the day after my surgery and she said, hey, did you get all your Christmas presents wrapped before your surgery? And the the answer to that was no. I mean, I had been going from doctor appointment to doctor appointment to doctor appointment to more doctor appointments. We had been doing all kinds of consulting. I hadn't had time. And my friend Lisa gave me the gift of her time and said, you know what, my daughter and I will come over tomorrow afternoon and we will get all of your presents wrapped. What a beautiful gift of time that was. So we need to give the gift of listening, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of grace, 
We can give the gift of time. Here's another, the gift of touch. This one's a little more complicated in the midst of a pandemic because we're supposed to be staying six feet away from one another, but it's one that I at least want to plant a seed for, especially when we don't have to quarantine and we don't have to have all this social distancing. The gift of touch is so very important. And it was my friend Amy that really taught me about this gift. You see, Amy is a single gal, never married, in her 40s at the time, and she came to church with us. And I would meet her at church and she would often sit with me. This was when Mark was preaching. And so I would sit alone in the service unless one of my kids happened to be sitting with me. And so Amy often sat with me and I always greeted her with a hug. You know, I would see her, Hey, Amy, how was your week? And I'd give her a big hug. And one of those days after I gave her a hug, she said to me, you know what, Jill, if you didn't hug me on Sundays, nobody would ever touch me. I was like, wow, that had never crossed my mind. I mean, here I am, a mother of five who (laughs) is like touched to death. Okay, let's be really honest. You know, I crave a little bit of personal space. But there are people in this world who are living alone, single, widows, widowers, who just giving them the gift of touch, giving them a hug is such a beautiful gift. So when we're able to return to that, remember the value of the gift of touch. Even, you know, I want you to think about even with, maybe you have a house full of teenagers. And I remember when my kids became teenagers, you know, I always was like, you just don't touch them anymore. I mean, when they're little, you're crawling all over you and you're picking them up and you're always touching them in some way. You're tying their shoes, you're bathing them, you're dressing them. But as they get older, they become independent. And so I, you know, talk to my teenager, maybe they, you know, were standing face to face having a conversation and I would just reach out and put my hand on their arm uh, just as the gift of touch. Or as I walked Across the room, if I walked by them, I'd kind of give their shoulder a squeeze because I knew it was important to give the gift of touch. So as you think about this holiday season, as you think about going into the next year, what beautiful gift of touch can you give to someone who desperately needs it. Listening, forgiveness, time, grace, touch. The next one is the gift of encouragement. We need to give the gift of encouragement, especially to those who live closest to us or under our roof, because our tendency is to see the things they don't do, the people they aren't. And we really need to up the affirmation, the encouragement, the attaboys and the girls, the thank yous. I, I want to challenge you, you know, maybe even to take a few days where you completely fast from any type of criticism or correction. 
and you fill that with nothing but affirmation. I'll tell you what, that would mean more than any present that would be under a Christmas tree to just about every family member that you have. So that gift of encouragement costs nothing but a little bit of intentionality as well as some self-control to hold back on words that are not helpful and to give out words that build others up. All right. So listening, forgiveness, grace, time, touch, encouragement. The next one we need to give is the gift of truth. The gift of truth. There is somebody around you that needs a little bit of God's word to just keep them going. Maybe you text a friend, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or you personalize it for her. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's a beautiful gift of truth. Or maybe Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Maybe there's somebody that just needs that. Or maybe just the simple words that are found in the Old Testament that God draws near to the brokenhearted. So God is near to you because I know your heart is broken. I'll tell you, during my darkest seasons of life, during my marriage crisis, during my breast cancer journey, during times where we were sitting in hospital waiting rooms when our son, our adopted son, tried to take his life. I mean, there have been some really dark seasons and some of the most powerful gifts given during those seasons were just a few words of truth that we needed to hang on to in that moment. It's a beautiful gift that we can give. And then finally, the gift of Jesus. Now, if you're listening to this before the holidays, you know, sometimes we just make Christmas about everything but Jesus. And it's really his birthday. So don't leave Jesus out of it. Take time to attend a Christmas Eve service that just gets your head and your heart positioned in the right place. Maybe watch the nativity story on television and, you know, take in the real story of Christmas. And if you're listening to this after Christmas, we need Jesus each and every day. Don't try to do life without him. He doesn't force himself on us. He just simply offers his hand and asks us to grab it. So I want to encourage you to first receive the gift of Jesus. And then second, to pass that gift along to those around you. Sometimes we just simply need to be the hands and feet of Jesus for those around us. It's a beautiful gift that we can give to one another is to be the hands and feet of Christ. I want to close with a little poem that my friend Sharon Janes wrote. Uh, It's really a take off of 
1 Corinthians 13, but she did it for the holiday season. And whether you're listening to this before the holidays or after the holidays, it still applies. It's such a reminder to us of the beautiful gifts that we need to be giving to one another. Here's Sharon's rewritten 1 Corinthians 13 for Christmas. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights, and shiny bells, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen, baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but don't show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at the soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all that I have to charity but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend a myriad of holiday parties and sing in the choir's cantata but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside decorating to kiss the husband. Love is kind, though harried and tired. Love doesn't envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love doesn't yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful they are there to be in the way. Love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who can't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Video games will break. Pearl necklaces will be lost. Golf clubs will rust. But giving the gift of love will endure. Such an important perspective for us to have. And I'll tell you what. When we give the gift of listening, when we give the gift of forgiveness, when we give the gift of grace and time and touch and encouragement and truth and Jesus, we are giving gifts of love. So this holiday season and as we head into the new year, let's give gifts of love because those are the gifts that really matter. Well, this will be the last episode of 2020. I'm going to take just a couple of weeks off to take a deep breath and get ready to launch into what I have for you in 2021. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.